I'm just so happy for the opportunity to get to greet you again in the name of the Lord Jesus, for his love and kindness and mercy to all of us, and to our brother here, the pastor. You know, Brother Neville is a little different from lots of ministers. They just, uh, when a minister, when he gives up his pulpit, that's just a whole lot to him. You just don't realize what it is. But Brother Neville has always been so loving and considered to always to give up his pulpit when they come in and say, Brother Bill, and not only ask you if you want to try to persuade you to come, you know, it just makes you feel doubly welcome, and I'm so happy for that. You just can't turn anyone down like that. So kind and nice in that way. I heard him say his little baby was vomiting and sick, and uh, Brother Junior, I believe it was his baby, I heard coughing back there a few minutes ago. Is that your baby, Junior, that was doing the coughing? And a lot of colds and things going on. We'll have prayer for the sick just in a little bit. Now, I'll just start where I left off this morning, <laughs> over in the fourth chapter of Acts, and um, so and begin, I believe, along about the tenth verse um, of the fourth chapter of, of the uh, Acts of the Apostles, or Acts of the Holy Spirit in the Apostles. Amen. We always think that, call that the Acts of the Apostles, but it wasn't the Acts of the Apostles, it was the Holy Spirit in the Apostles acting, you see. The man themselves were man, and they couldn't act. Before I go any farther, I was sitting back at Brother Wood just a few moments ago, and a certain little fellow has been around the church here for a long time. He's always wanted to find his place. I believe I could tell him if he's just good at singing. Brother Temple, you might do one thing or another, but you're a good singer, so I, I sure appreciate that. And if you just turn yourself loose to singing, God will use you, but... You're heading around on everything else but the right thing. <laughs> Get into the singing. That's your talent. You have to use that. Amen. Wonderful. I like that old-time singing, don't you? Yes, yes sir. Hear that way back. Amen. I like that, Brother Neville. I sure do. One, I enjoy Brother Neville's preaching and everything, and I certainly enjoy that fine, old-fashioned singing that he and the sisters does, too, on the, the radio program. If you all have never heard them yet, many of you, well, turn in every Saturday morning and listen to them. And you'll certainly be blessed. Why, my wife and kitties and everybody's watching that program just like it was, it was if I was going to be down there myself. And I was down there, one of the, the loved one in the family. We look forward to that, that program on Saturday morning. And we're so glad of it. You know, this morning there was something happened here that I, I can't get over yet. Was that about that baby? I had the most mysterious feeling about that. Now, I'm just wondering, when I got up this morning, I looked at the wife and I said, Honey, I, I either had a dream or a vision. I'm, I said, I'm, I'm not going to say it was a vision because I might have been asleep. But I said, it's just surreal. And I was sitting up there in a room when it ended. I said, I don't remember when I got up the, at the vision when it struck me. But when I got down here it, and seen all those things moving just the way, and I'd called Sister Cox and told her a few days ago about a baby of that same type, and that must have been the baby. And the little fella, its eyes are eat out with cancer. It's a little eye here is done gone, and just a hull sticking there, just one over in the other eye, and the baby is just laying lifeless. And a famous surgeon in Louisville told the mother to bring it over here to me to be prayed for. Right? And so all, I just believe that God was giving, as give a vision for that baby, 
And just as sure as I believe I'm standing at this platform tonight, that baby's healed. Amen. Yes, sir. I just, I have very seldom, Brother Cox ever get mixed up in things of that type. Now, I did one time, I couldn't get it just clear about Brother George Wright. When I, Brother McDowell had called me up to, to go to well, his worker, Charlie's mother, up there. And uh, she's laying lifeless in the hospital nearly, and Brother Mac wanted me to go, so I, I went up to see the baby, and I've been down to Brother George's for four days. And I loved him, but with all my heart, I believe he was going. That's right. I believe he was dying. And the doctors, there's no chance for him. Blood clots going to his heart, so there wasn't nothing could be done. Mrs. Wright sitting here, our sister, asked what I thought about it. After four days of praying for him, I said, I believe he's gone. And little Edith asked me about it. I wouldn't tell her. I said, oh, but she still had faith. She believed. She held on. And I, Brother Shelby is sitting back there, just like if he's my own blood brother. He met me out there. He said, what do you think about Dad? I said, Shelby, I really believe he's gone. I said, I believe he's, he's going away from us. I said, well, he's 73 years old. He's lived his time out. And God only promised him three score and ten. I said, I believe he's gone. And that night when I got home from down there, Brother Mac was just persistent that it should go up there. And Charlie drove me up there. Way, he got up there and never got back to way in the night or early in the morning. And I just went and prayed for the woman's all I could do. And when I come home, went in the room and undressed and got ready for bed. And when I did, I heard somebody talking. I looked over there and there was a gray-headed woman. And she was standing in the kitchen talking to somebody on the telephone. It happened to be it was that boy's mother. Right. And I, then I seen the, the old willow tree right beside of Brother George's house. And I seen clods of falling of mud or dirt, kind of clay looking. And it was dirt and it was mud. And he said it was grave, something about a grave and about uh, many of those who was laughing at him would be in their grave for him or something like that. Now, I couldn't understand it just right, so uh, quickly I got a hold of Sister Wright and called her and told her, Sister Wright, I believe it was, that I didn't get the vision just what it was. However, this Charlie's mother went home and was at home and talked on the phone and everything is like the vision said, I think she's gone on now. But she went home just as it said when they said she couldn't even live till morning. But she did. Now, that was just in regards that God let us know what he had answered her prayer. Someone asked the other day, or either uh, the man who wrote the book recently said, a man that had prostate trouble, and said he was healed, and a year later said he was is sick again. Why, absolutely. be healed tonight and sick again in the morning. Uh, the same thing. You can be a sinner tonight and a, you can be a sinner tonight and a Christian in the morning. You can be a Christian tonight and a sinner in the morning. Sure. A doctor can give a man penicillin for a bad cold or pneumonia and healing. Right now, and they can give an examination, be perfectly clear, not a bit of pneumonia about him or fever. And tomorrow he can die with pneumonia, the same thing. Is that right? Nothing to do with it. It's just gagging at a gnat and swallowing a camel, as the old saying is. But anyhow, then coming back and telling Sister Wright, I went then and I had a vision again and seen Brother George Wright sitting right back there, and me coming in the door, he come right down through here across this aisle and went right down there and shook my hand, walking. He couldn't walk. He always conditions. Blood clotted, just turned his legs right down like that, and the doctor says it's going to his heart. He died any time. So, at 73 years old, it wasn't an earthly chance for him to live. And I come back and told the church, called Sister Wright. Not only that, but I went down there. And there in his house, people, two men were sitting in his house. We had more. Was it right, Brother George? 
two men was in your house the morning and I come there, the fellow over next door and some other big fellow. I said, oh, yes, sir. I believe it was that right, Edith? Yeah. And there was a, two, yeah, he was in bad shape. But I said, don't let nothing bother you. Cause Brother Wright to come into the tabernacle walking again. For thus saith the Lord. I got mixed up when I said there's something about a green. And what it was then, when the vision was revealed to me clear what it was, it was those who had made fun of him about leaving the church that he was with that didn't believe in divine healing, and he'd see their graves of them. Know that they go before him. How many's left since then? Four or five been burned since I got there, and my preacher that preached me out of my church put away about two so. Is the Lord right? Amen. Yes, sir. Sure is. That's five. Uh, that's four, and that that be five. Five is gone. It hasn't been a year yet, has it, Brother George? Just about a year this time. That's what it was. See, when the Lord speaks, it's absolutely perfect. You can just watch it right down. I've never seen one of it fail. And no matter what, if our beloved doctors and things has worked with that baby and everything has been done, I'm not positive, but I'm almost positive that's the very same thing because I've seen that woman with that stuff on her, you know, makeups on her lips, and, and it was standing where that my wife's funeral was preached. And the baby looked like my baby Sarah back there. And that's the baby I'm almost positive. If it is, there is nothing else in the world but I've seen that baby from death come to life. And it'll live just as certain as God is in heaven tonight. And his words are true. Yes, sir. I believe it with all my heart. So we'll watch and see. The Lord is marvelous, isn't he? How good he is to us. Now we were studying this morning over in the book of Acts, about the church just becoming a fire with the glory of God. How that the Lord Jesus had just come as a witness to the earth that he was the Son of God. How they had great confidence in him. And how he had told them that it was impossible for him in body flesh to be in everybody. He could only be in one body. But then if he went away... He would return again in spirit form, and then he would come to every hungry heart that hungered and thirsted for him. And the very works that he did here on earth, he would continue in his church unto the end of the world. Amen. Aren't you glad you're in that church tonight? Amen. Not under the, not this, this, this church roof. I mean, in the church, there's only one church. And, and you don't join it? You, you can't take a paper in it? You're just born in it, that's all. And you're born in that church, and it's by grace that you're born into it. You couldn't hunger to come into it. You have no desire of it. You hate the very thoughts of it, unless God himself has ordained that you should be in that church. And if you were, if you'll ever be in that church, God knew it before the foundation of the world that you'd be in that church. And he ordained it, predestinated you to be in that church. Isn't that marvelous? All that hear my voice shall come to me. Is that right? And all the Father has given me will come to me. And I'll raise him up again at the last day. See, now people say, I don't believe in such stuff. Don't despise them. Feel sorry for them. See? Pray for them because they, they haven't got nothing in here and probably never will have nothing to make them believe with. They believe it from a, 
theological standpoint, you say, well, yes, I believe that that's just... But I mean, they can't believe unless it's really God in our Amen. And you can't... Jesus said, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. Not because he joined church, not because he was baptized, not because he did this, because he shouted, because he did this other. Them things are all right. Joining church, baptizing, shouting. But he said he has everlasting life because he has believed. Now, in Acts 2.38, Peter said, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I've wondered through the years when I'd see that and read I thought, Lord, here comes men and women. I've seen them come to the altar and kneel down and cry and pray. Lord, be baptized in the name of Lord Jesus. And, and a week later, be out of the world again. I thought, oh, God, surely your word's not wrong. I just can't understand it. But if you, Lord, if I'll continue with you, you said your word would abide in me. So I continue with him until now I see what it is. He's made it known, see. And I never knew it until the Lord just opened it up one day, and there it was, laying right before me. That I've seen them people wasn't what they were at the beginning. See? That no man can come to me except my Father draws It's not he that wants to be. It's God that elects it to be. Amen. It isn't whether you want it or not. You have nothing to do with it. It's God. He, he hardens whom he will harden. He has mercy on whom he will have mercy. That's right. And no matter who you are, what position you have, whether you're the president or whether you're a bum on the street, doesn't make a bit of difference. God has mercy on whom he will have mercy. And before the world began, he ordained that so many people down through the age and who they was would be saved, and every one that he ordained will come to him. That's right. Everyone will come, and none of them will be lost. He's ordained. So there'd be a church there, it would be without blemish, it would be without wrinkle. And now, as the ages moved on, and we've seen them this morning in the lesson, those great orthodox teachers, just as renowned and polished Amen. as they could be, just as holy as they could walk on the earth. And the Bible, listen, the Bible said they were found blameless. Because they said, oh, I wouldn't touch that, I wouldn't do this, see? But that was not grace. That was works. And we're saved not by works what we do. It ain't what I've done that saved me. It's what Christ done that saved me. Amen. Not what I have no holiness. If I try to say, well, I quit drinking, I quit smoking, I quit stealing, lying, and so forth. That's what I've done. See? That would be my own. I had something to brag about. But I didn't quit nothing. He just come to me and tuck it out of me. See? That's it. Then it ain't what I've done, it's what he done. And then the Holy Spirit then abides in and grows daily. Just grows, makes itself greater and greater, pushes out the things, the cares, the temptations. As you overcome them, the Holy Spirit takes its place. You know what? If you've got a real bad temptation of something that's not right, overcome that thing a few times and watch if your testimony doesn't bloom on account of it. Look at Samson. When he found the lion run out to kill him, and he slew the lion when the power of God came up on him, slew him with his bare hand. Just probably pulled his jaws apart. A little bitty curly-headed shrimp about that high. A little bitty old fellow, scrawny, look on the street, seven little locks hanging around his head like a little sissy. And he wasn't more than a little sissy until the Spirit of God came up on him. 
Now, it wouldn't be hard to believe that a great big giant could slay a lion with his hands. I believe he could do it. But watch the funny thing. What's this little bitty fellow done? But the Spirit of the Lord came up on him and he slew the lion, threw it over to one side, and bees built uh, their hive in there, and Samson, the sweetest honey he ever eat, come out of the carcass of that killed lion. Is that yeah. right? Why, he overcome it with the power of God. And if you've got something you want to eat some sweet honey frog, just overcome it with the power of God. That's right. Watch how good it is. Oh, my. Pass by. Maybe you've been a drunkard. And you have time to smell whiskey or beer or something. You want to drink it. Overcome it by the power of God and pass by one down and see what a feeling you got in your heart when all the things dead and gone, man. All finished. Oh, my. That's sweet honey. You get out of it. Now. These people had really overcome. On the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The powers of God was up on them. They had gifts given to them to speak with tongues and everything. They were just having a marvelous time, and the church was on fire. Now, I'll approach from another little standpoint here from Stephen during this time. to so get back to my original uh, text again, if I can. Notice, uh, there's a man by the name of Stephen. He was not one of the apostles. No, he wasn't. He was just a deacon. But old brother, he'd got something in his heart. He couldn't stand still. That's the way every man is when he gets it in his heart. Just can't stand it. My, you've got to tell somebody. And here he was out in the street holding a revival, just having a glorious time. Why, it's like a house on fire in a high wind. You just couldn't stop him, that's all. So they picked him up down on the street and told him in the St. Hadrian court, said, brother, we'll fix that guy. We'll stop all this fanaticism. And they put him in jail for the morning. The St. Henry Court met maybe a half a million people or more gathered out there. They're pushing the little Stevens out there. But when he come out, brother, he come out and his face shined like an angel. Amen. Brother, I don't imagine like the light shining, but he shined with a countenance that nobody was talking about. Amen. I don't imagine an angel would be maybe like a shining, a light or something shining. But again, he shined with this, that he understood what he was speaking about. Amen. The Bible said that he had boldness. Walked out there, turned and said, Ye men of Israel, standing by himself like a lamb among ten thousand hungry wolves, gnashing for his blood, said, You men of Israel, all you Judea and so forth, and fathers, let it be known to you the God of Abraham, the God of our fathers, appeared to Abraham, brought him up out of Chaldea, giving the promise of this land, and into him brought in Jesus Christ, whom you by wicked hands was crucified and slain. And when he got to you and saying that, he said, Oh, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised, the heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Ghost like your father said, So are you. Amen. Oh, my. I like to hear that sermon on a recording. Brother Beeler, we should have got that one. Yes, sir. He said, Oh, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised, the heart and ears, you always do resist the Holy Ghost like your father said, So are you. Brother, that wasn't pulling any punches, was it? When he knew his blood would be shed like that, the Bible said he was a man full. Full of what? Full of foolishness. No, sir. Full of theology. No, sir. He was full of the Holy Ghost. That's where all these great fine qualities lay because he'd been filled. The world had been pushed out and the Holy Ghost was in him. He was a man full of the Holy Ghost. I stopped him. You couldn't do it. There was no stopping. He was burning up, brother. He had to preach the gospel. Amen. And he preached the gospel and done miracles and signs. And after a while, when they gnashed up on him, drug him from the course and tuck him out there, and slayed him, and they threw clouds and rocks at him, and they mashed him to death. Saying there was Paul, give witness of it. And when Paul looked down and seen Stephen dying, Stephen looked up and said, 
I see the heavens open. I see the heavens open and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. All the time as he's pressing himself, what's happening? He said, Lord, lay out this in their charge. And fell asleep in the arms of God rock. Why he never fell in the rock from that time on? God rocked him to sleep in his arms as like a mother would her suckling babe. God carried him on the bosoms of Christ to the throne of God down where he's in peace and numbered among the martyrs with the martyrs rally in in marbles standing among man. That was Stephen's filled with the Holy Ghost. That's right. The clogs just lost their feeling. That big rock as it was hitting against his head. God rocked him to sleep. Amen. The Bible never said he died. The Bible said he fell asleep. Amen. Amen. That's the way Christians die. Amen. All right. Now it's having a great time. That report come back. Like Brother Neville said a while ago, right this time popped up the apostles and so forth. They had to do stuff about it. Right on out they went again, just as hard as they go preaching the gospel. Peter and John, two your unlearned man, passed up to the gate called Beautiful. My, the devil said, well, now they're just out there preaching, so it won't hurt anything. Now all these people believe in preaching and everything. But when they passed through the gate called Beautiful, there lay the man, the Holy Ghost said, Peter, that man can be healed. He's got faith when he perceived he had faith to be healed. He said, stand up on your feet. And he picked him up and held him until his ankle bones received strength. And away he went, leaping and jumping and praising yeah. God. You know what? That caused more trouble than all the preaching they ever did do. Brother, you just let something on the phenomenal side start. Now watch how ever roll a hound of hell go to hollering at it and craving blood. Is that right? Amen. True. I'll tell you, Peter preached a sermon on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 souls were saved. The devil never even moved out of his bed. That's right. Oh, well, let him alone. See? But he passed through the gate called Beautiful the next day and healed a man crippled from his mother's wounds and all hell turned loose on him. Amen. That's right. Going into jail and kept him there overnight. Right. Yes, sir. Right in the prisons and inner cells there. Because of phenomenal. The devil said, I can't let this thing get started now. Divine healing. If they do, they really will knock my props out from under me. That's right. Because I might fool them around with a little theology once in a while, but I sure can't fool that real thing that comes out and the people see it done. I'll just stop this before that other group gets on the, the scene. He never stopped it then. He can't stop it now. That's right. God's gospel will move on and on and on and on. And when there is no more heavens or no more, that word will still remain the same. For heavens and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. It can't pass away. That word is just as immortal as God himself. It can't pass away. I believe every word of it. All the things that Jesus was, he is now always will be. Amen. Right? He's the yeah. same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost is the same Holy Ghost as today. I'll admit it's been tramped on, made fun of, misinterpreted, misrepresented, and everything else like that. That's only the devil counterfeiting. Amen. But there's a real, genuine baptism of the Holy Spirit Amen. that brings the same results as they had on the day of Pentecost. Amen. Right. Sure, the devil's got the old crow based out there. I'll tell you the truth. Every time you see a scarecrow up, remember, there's something good around. <laughs> That's right. Sure. You don't see a scarecrow on old pineapples out here. I mean, hedge apples out here. You get it on the big sweet trees where you see the scarecrow. Because yeah. they're wanting to screw it. The devil sticks every scarecrow around real good Holy Ghost religion. And he can put around there. 
Because right in there lays Jesus Christ, the resurrected Son of God, with his immortal power. Amen. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Amen. That means so be it. Amen. All right. Now we find out this. Put him in the inner prison the next morning. Give him a good thrashing. Send him off. Now we find Peter this morning standing up among them down here in the fourth chapter. And he said, Why now, you man of Israel, and you that dwell in Judea, let this be known to you, Jesus of Nazareth. How he proved that he was a man of God. All the signs and wonders that God had done by him proved that he was a man of God. They knew that he was God's man. And then he said, You with wicked hands have crucified and slain the Prince of Life, who God raised up, and we're a witness of it. Said by faith in his name, this man's made whole. So if we're examined today for the good deeds that we've done, let it be known of you and all the house of Israel through the name of Jesus Christ this man has been healed. When they question what, what religious group did they belong to? Under where was he ordained at? What cemetery did they come out of? Or something other like that. Where did this all come from? Where did you get your rights to do this? Show us what group you represent. So we go back to the elders and find out what you're doing this for. Yes, sir. We want to find out what church teaching this kind of heresy around here. Where are you from? Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ, do faith in his name, this man's made whole. Amen. Amen. And they couldn't say nothing about it because there stood the man in the notice. Amen. Amen. Notice, look what he said here. Now, and this is the stone that was rejected of you builders. Neither is there salvation in any other name. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Oh, the rejecting of the stone. The stone was rejected. Why? When they built the Solomon's temple, I want you to notice a very beautiful picture here. When they went to build Solomon's temple, the stones was cut out from one place and another place and another place. Some of them was cut this way and some that way. But the Bible said that when they come together, it had taken 40 years, I believe, to erect the temple. And there wasn't a buzz of a sword or the sound of a hammer in 40 years. The stones going together, stone on stone. Only thing you had to do is smear a little mortar across it and set it down there. And it stuck stone by stone, stone by stone. Think of that. Now, here's my idea of it, brethren. When the, that temple there represented the temple spiritual, the temple that we are now in, they come into the temple for their blessings. We are baptized into the temple of God, into the body of God, into the body of Jesus Christ. And we are in Christ by Holy Spirit baptism, 1 Corinthians 12, and there is therefore now no condemnation to them that's in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 1. That walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. They desire spiritual things. They don't care about the fleshly things. My flesh doesn't suit hard. My spirit says you're not. I'm your boss. Follow me. Amen. Amen. See a case out there. The doctor says, you know that case can't get well. That case is gone. I look at it. I say that's right. But the Holy Ghost comes and gives a vision that he's going to get well. Then I say, thus saith the Lord, the man will live. And we don't walk after the things of the flesh anymore. We walk after the things of the Spirit. That's right. Amen. Now, when these stones come together, they were cut out all over the world in different places. The wooden hauled 
Peters of Lebanon, cutting, brought down to Joppa by Oshkart and on in by, so forth by Rath, till they come to make the, the temple. But when they come together, no one wants you to notice. One stone was cut this way, another stone cut another way. Perhaps when the Masons were cutting them, they might have argued and fussed and everything else like a bunch of preachers does today. I'm the Methodist. I'm the Church of God. Glory to God, I belong to the assemblies. I just, you keep fussing, but remember, if God is the one that's doing the cutting. And when this cut this way and one that way, they couldn't understand. But when they went to put it together, the whole thing was laying on the ground. And they cut it block on block on block and didn't have to cut no more. I believe one of these glorious days when this United Confederation of Church goes together and the new Pope is brought out of the United States and put over there according to prophecy, then they'll form an image like unto the beast. And I'll tell you, the true church of God will be grown together. The real true believers are Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Nazarene, Pilgrim, Holiness, whatever they'll be, will go together cemented by the love of God that'll make the body Amen. of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All the believers and agnostics and shallow minded will be cast to one side. They'll go right on into the Confederation of Churches. I read the other day even the assemblies of God went into the Confederation of Churches. Oh my, after the knowledge there and evangelical doctrine to do so. That's right, and all their Pentecostal signs and wonders principle they have to deny that to be in the Confederation of Churches. Have to deny it. Oh, brother, to have prestige. Ah, brother, as I've said many times, lay on my stomach and drink French water and eat soda crackers and be popular with God and to be his servant of God. Amen. I have the best in this world if I have a compromise on my faith in the Lord Amen. Jesus Christ and his Bible. I believe this is the infallible word of God in every word of his life. Yes, sir. Now, we'll watch them there how they were doing. They rejected. They come putting down their stones. And they come to a place, they found a funny-looking stone. They couldn't use that stone, said, that stone's no good. And they kicked it off over the wheat pile somewhere. They couldn't use it. It looked funny. And they tried to put their building up, and they come around to a place and lay all the rocks and lay them down this way. They come to a place, they couldn't find out no stone and hit this corner. They kept on building and building and building. And the building got up so far, it couldn't go no farther. Or they needed a cornerstone. They looked through all the stones trying to find a cornerstone, but they couldn't find any. And the first thing you know, somebody went out in the weed pile, and the very stone they rejected was the chief cornerstone. Amen. And that's what it is today, friends. Amen. The Methodist church is all right. The Baptist church is all right. The Presbyterian church, the Pentecostal, the Nazarene, the Pilgrim, the Holiness, whatever it may be, they're all right. But the thing of it is, brother, they rejected the real cornerstone. That's why the gospel hasn't gone to all the world through powers and signs and demonstrations. It's because the denominations have cut out the very power of the phenomenal. Saying the days of miracles is past. There's no such a thing as divine healing. There's no such a thing as speaking with tongues. There's no such a thing as anything as supernatural. That was for a day gone by. And you'll find out, brother, that every one of them that does that, they lay right on the shelf as no more than organizations of lodges. They have a bunch of joiners. That's right. But the Bible said they have a form of godliness but would deny the power thereof from such turn away. But as churches they find out all these denominations are trying to build, they can't build on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. And if you receive Jesus Christ 
And the biggest voice said, Oh, well, I've received Jesus. If you receive Jesus, you receive something that tells you that this Word of God's inspired and He's the same Lord Jesus tonight performing and doing the very same things that He said He would do. Or you haven't received the Lord Jesus. Amen. You've received some theology, but not the Lord Jesus. For when Jesus comes into your heart, there's something happens that you believe everything God says. Not only that, but you know it's so. All heaven and hell come shaking. you believe it. God's done said so, and that settles it. Once thus saith the Lord, you bank your hopes right there, live it up. You believe it anyhow. You're ready to seal your testimony with your blood and hands. Or you believe it's the truth. You know it's the truth. For God has said so. And something within you knows it's the truth. But now if you just come in from an educational standpoint, and, well, you might argue this and argue that and say this is not and that's not and we don't believe this and we don't believe that. You'll argue and say, oh, well, I can't believe it's such as that. Perhaps you hit the same thing you do all the time. Arguing against God. Why is it? Listen a little farther and find out the prayer these people prayed. So why did the heathens rage? And the people imagine the vain thing. Truly, Lord, of your son Jesus, and granted unto us, church, when they pray with one accord, that granted unto us, church, speak, speak the word of God with boldness by stretching forth the hand of your son Jesus to heal the sick. Amen. God help us to have a prayer meeting like that. That when they prayed, the building was shut where they were assembled together. Oh, man. That's what we need tonight. Men and women with one heart and one accord like they was. They don't pay no attention to this or that or the other thing. But you're lost in Christ Jesus. My hopes is built on nothing less Amen. than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Whether a sun comes up tomorrow or whether it doesn't, we bind ourselves together with the oath before God and we'll serve the Lord Jesus and walk in his footsteps Amen. regardless of the price. Then you'll find a church moving on. Amen. That neither is there salvation nor any other name, for there is no other, other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. Amen. A certain little lady that comes to this church, she isn't a member here, she's a Methodist. But she loves us. And she comes to the church, and another lady said, Where are you going to church? Call her up. I heard this. Said, Where, where are you going to church? Said, I'm going up to the Brown Tabernacle. She said, You mean to go up there and hear that kind of doctrine, be sitting under such as that? Said, what kind of doctrine? Well, they brag too much about Jesus. About baptizing, using his name in baptism, using his name in everything else. Well, the Bible said, my brother, there's no other name under heaven given among men. Where God is, you must be saved. Serving. I tell you, brother, I'm not a pastor, but I'd like to see any man, anywhere, anytime, by the Bible truth that is right. Right. No matter what they say, you're crazy and everything else, doesn't make any difference. Sitting in a bookstore the day where I was going to buy some books, and a lady said, I wouldn't have them on my shelf. I don't sell them. Said one lady come by and bought them all out. <laughs> Said seven, and this lady bought all in. I guess she just wanted to get rid of them. And there was the subject came up about divine healing. There stood two Methodist preachers and Presbyterians. The Methodist preachers and Presbyterian preachers were taken up for me. Said you're right. When I went to leave, I wondered what. Brother Shar was standing present at the same time. Brother Creech came in at the same time. When they all begin to move down, begin to move around there a little bit. 
This Methodist preacher walked over and placed hands on my shoulder. He said, Brother Branham, when you was nothing but a kid, I come out on a horse, you just climbed up on a pole working the pair of spurs on a dirty face. And said, I know you taught divine healing. And my poor old mother is laying in there with a kidney disease that would never get well. She was laying dying and you come in and took off your spurs and tools and knelt in the floor and prayed for my mother a week from then the doctor pronounced her perfect well. Said that's been 23 years ago and she's perfectly sound and well today. Amen. I don't care what it's my church or what it is. I believe. Hallelujah. There it is. Upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. Times may come and go and things may change, but the gospel of Jesus Christ will remain the same. Through all ceaseless ages. <clears throat> Upon this rock I'll build my church. What was that church? What rock was it? Yes, the Catholic Church, they say it's a big rock laying there. The Catholic Church, the hierarchy sets on it tonight. Upon this rock, giving powers out to other churches for giving sins. That'd be the Catholic definition. If you come to find out, ask the Protestants, say, what was that rock? They'd say that was Jesus Christ was the rock. Oh, brother. What did Jesus say about him? Peter said, who do you say? He said, who do you say I am? He wasn't talking about himself. He said, who do you say that I am? Some said you're Moses and some say you're Elijah. But who do you say? Peter said, power of the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. He said, blessed are thou, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has revealed it to you. He never talked some man's theology about it. He never learned it in a seminary. But my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed it to you. And on this rock, Hallelujah! What God? The spiritual revelation of God manifesting Himself to the individual. Hallelujah! Upon this rock I'll build my church in the gates of hell, can't prevail against it. When a man's ever born purely of the Spirit of God, and from the ground he's head to the ends of his forehead, by the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ, in his own selfish ideas of faith away. And God has got complete control of that, then he'll believe every word of the Lord Jesus Christ and practice the same. Amen. This rock, how dare my church and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. Amen. That makes you feel religious, would it? Sure would. This is the stone that was set at naught of you builders. And neither is there salvation in any other name. Then this name of the Lord Jesus. And the Bible said here that they perceived that they were ignorant and unlearned. What school did they come from? A bunch of nitwits coming out there. Well, who's this bunch of illiterate, illiterate and unlearned? Well, the men don't even know their ABCs. Well, look at the language they're using. Hitting, hanging, hanging, poking, flipping, marriage. What kind of, what kind of a people is this? Well, what seminary did you come out of? You're Doctor Who. <laughs> See? But they had to take knowledge of them. For they perceived that they had been with Jesus. That's the main thing, brother. If you don't know coffee from split beans, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of His resurrection, I'd rather have it in
can seek to gain those heavenly treasures, they will never pass away. Hallelujah. Oh, to God's unchanging hand. Oh, to his unchanging hand. That's right. When this journey is completed, if to God you have been true, Quick death is a quick 
That's right. This robe of flesh, I'll drop and rise and seize the everlasting prize and shout while passing through the air. Farewell, farewell to our Amen. Gone! Follow the atomic bomb into these old gray-headed saints. A young man and woman again. Why will the atomic bomb mean to these homes that all of them gone on early and they're left here alone? All the family together again. Amen. No reason. God's brother. Amen. What could you have any more greater than that with the perfect assurance of your heart resting on a Calvary that there's nothing in the world can stir you, change you, shake you. You're in Christ Jesus, anchored away in the kingdom of God. Until the day of your redemption to be presented faultless before Amen. Not what you've done. If, if I can just quit this, if I can just quit that, it's nothing that you've done. It's what he does for you. Amen. Do you believe with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? When Peter was going to, I mean, Philip, when he's going to baptize the eating, he said, here's water. What hinders thee from being baptized to you? Philip said, wait a minute. If thou believest with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, if you believe it, he said, I believe with all my heart, soul, and mind that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. Stop the chair down the water, baptizing, and the Holy Ghost talked to the power of his sight, and didn't see no work, and took him through space for about 200 miles and set him down and started a revival again. Amen. That's right. That's right. Oh, my, that God that lives in that day is the same God today. I think of Paul out there on the ship that night. All hopes is gone to ever be saved. The little old ship was waterlogged and she was in an awful pit. All hopes, everybody give up. Paul sitting down there in the gallery that night probably praying. The angel of the Lord come to him and said, Don't be afraid, Paul. Amen. Don't be afraid. Or I will bring you before Caesar. You've got to testify there. And I'll give you everyone that sails with you. I can see Paul run up there on Amen. the ship and shake his little hand to heart. Hallelujah! I said, wait a minute, brothers, wait a minute. They said, oh, oh some man's done went so frantic he's off the mine. There they are. And all the doctors of divinity come out to see what was the That be of a good courage, be of a good courage. That poor fellow, he's gone crazy. There he is. He's been fasting so long. He's done all this. He's just about gone now. That be of a good courage, for there stood by me last night the angel of God, who said yeah. I am. Saying, don't you fear, Paul, but you must be brought before Caesar. And I'll oh, God give you all those who sail with you. The high bit the ship must be wrecked upon a certain island, or seen it in a vision. But I believe, God, that it shall be just as he showed it to me. And it happened word by word Amen. by word, just exactly. That's right. Now, here I want you to notice a little something so you can see on the other side of you on it. Look, when they let the boats down and start to slip off, Paul said the only way that you can be saved is to remain on this boat. Amen. You had to do it according to thus saith the Lord. Amen. The Lord had given vision, but it had to be done according to His way. And when God gives the pattern of the Holy Ghost Church, brother, and how to bring this thing out of chaos, you can have big fours and pentagons and everything you want to have. You can ordain churches and ministers and make theology and educate them. It'll never be done until the people come back again to God's eternal way and see the baptism of the Holy Spirit and go forth preaching with signs and wonders accompanying their ministry. It'll never be done anything less than that. God's got the program, but you've got to come to the program. Amen. Oh, God, help us tonight to believe that is my prayer. For our salvation and no other name but in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
as we're approaching Christmas time, now and here the things are decorated all up at Santa Claus instead of Jesus. They don't even spell it anymore, X-M-A-S. They don't even spell Christ and Christmas anymore. They, well, the people never even think about the birth or anything of Christ when it's really far. Only thing they think about is Santa Claus took its place. And instead of rejoicing under the Spirit of God, they go out and get drunk and rejoice. See, that's what makes the difference. So, after all, brother, sister, I can't stop that. You can't stop it. God's Word said it would be that way. Man will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. How are you going to break that down? Having a form of godliness. Everyone goes to church. Yes, sir. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. I'm so happy tonight, Christian friends, that I'm here with you tonight. I'm so happy that I've had the privilege of speaking to you of my heart. And my whole heart is wrapped in this message. It's been there since the very day that God gave me the baptism of the Holy Ghost right here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Amen. And I believe on His Son, Jesus Christ, and accept Him out there in the little shed as my personal Savior. And the Lord coming down upon me that night and throwed a lot across that room. And I looked at the Spirit. I couldn't even move. Now on an old grass sack down on Ohio Avenue. And I seen that light form across and something on that cross speaking at me. That's that night. My hopes have been built on nothing less. And the word of God in Jesus Christ and righteousness. Amen. That's where I believe with all my heart. Let go what come what may. My hope still anchors right there. And I'm glad tonight to be sitting in a company like this that believes the same thing. Amen. And receive the same Lord Jesus Christ. Through years, too many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. It's aged me. It's broke me. It's peeled me down. But it's grace that's brought me safe thus far. It's grace that has Haven't we been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun? We'll have no less days to sing God's praise than the hour we first begun. When Daniel saw all these of that, and he said, Glory that if you wicked shall do wickedly in the last days. But they that know their God shall do exploits. Amen. You know what exploits is? Exploits of faith will perform signs and wonders, but the wicked will still continue to do wicked, said they run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. But to close up the book, O Daniel, thou shalt sleep in thy lot, but thou shalt stand in that last day, and they that be wise shall and turn many to Christ, they shall shine as the stars of heaven forever and ever. Forty years has broke me to pieces. Eighty years maybe has broke you to pieces. Maybe thirty years has made a different person out of you. Just a little snap of time like that. But did you ever look out at the morning star when she rises in the morning? Did you ever rise up early to look at it hanging out in the sky when she's a glistening and a shouting and a rejoicing in the sky? She's never lost one speck of its beauty. It's just as bright and pretty as it was the day God hung it in its orbit. Amen. It's never lost any of its time, and it's been there through thousands and thousands of years, and it's never lost its beauty. And the Bible says, They that turn many to righteousness shall outshine the stars forever and ever. Hallelujah! Well, it's a good thing to be a preacher, actually. Yes, it is. It's a good thing to be a Christian. Times may be hard. God has not promised a power that it is. 
But he's promised grace sufficient for every trial that can be changed. That's right. Yes, indeed, grace is sufficient. Not he not prior to flower that it is, but he's promised grace to overcome in every temptation. When the cross gets heavy, Christ promised to be with you. Yes, sir. Some glorious day when it's all over, we'll meet him in peace. God grant that every one of you will receive the same thing. If there's an unbeliever here tonight, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. In a minute you believe, God will give you the witness of it. He'll steal you into his kingdom forever. If there's anything knocking at your heart and you feel it and you refuse to receive it, you'll be a miserable man and woman until you say, Yes, Lord Jesus. Amen. May you, through this coming week, this Christmas Yuletide, as everybody's happy and singing one to another, may you, with arms like Simeon of old, with that wonderful Christmas tide when he walked down through the temple and with his strong arms, oh, picked up the Savior in his arms and embraced Amen. him and said, Lord, let thy servant depart in peace. Amen. According to thy words from my eyes, I see your salvation. Amen. May you, with arms of faith likewise, this Christmas, embrace not a Santa Claus or not exchange a present, but may you invite and embrace in your heart with arms of faith the same Lord Jesus as Simeon held in his arms years ago. And he'll bless you and give you eternal life. And you cannot perish because you've got the life of God in you. Amen. You know what the word, not going to Greek things, has to be talked amongst people who talk Greek things. We don't talk Greek things here. We talk Jesus Christ in this tabernacle. Amen. We don't come to swelling words here. We come here with knowing nothing but the power of the resurrection of Christ. But the very word, Greek word, means eternal life. The same Greek word in the translation, I got the Hebrew and the Greek both. I studied it. I'm not a scholar in it. I just know a few words or something to help me out. When somebody goes to fussing, I know how to cut them off at it. But when it comes to a place like this, when that same Greek word that speaks of God's life speaks of the same life that he gives you, and that both Greek words as the life of God or eternal life is pronounced zoe, zoe, zoe life. And all that comes to me, I will give them zoe, my own life, will give them my own life, and they shall never perish. And I'll raise them up at the last day. Amen. In other words, every one that comes to me, I'll wrap him in me. Amen. <laughs> and he'll become a part of me. Amen. And he can no more die than I can die. For I'm immortal and can't die, and his soul's immortal and can't die. And I'll raise him up again at the last day. Amen. Amen. Oh, my. Then that just makes us, when the old trials get hard, say, In me dwelleth the Spirit of God. There's no good thing in here but Him that's in there. I'm not my own and I'm His. I don't look for the things of the world. I look for Him. For my hopes is built on Him. Someday I shall see Him. And that's all I long for. What I live for is to bring people to Him. And I'll tell you, the old shackles begin to drop off and you start walking in there again. God bless you. I hope that you believe with all your heart while we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee tonight for the blood of Thy righteous Son, the Lord Jesus. I thank Thee tonight for the Holy Ghost and for the visitation of Him right here in this building and even right here now. The very Spirit, according to the Word of God, which is infallible and cannot fail, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is right here in our midst now. God made children in here that doesn't know You. May they accept it tonight. And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and have the everlasting life. 
Grant it, may they believe unto everlasting life this very hour. Heal the sick and afflicted. Remember the breathed homes, Lord. Oh, God. And standing around those captives, and maybe the unsaved men and women, what can you say? And knowing that the gospel's been preached right over them hundreds of times, hundreds of times. Oh, Father, I pray that men and women here will get a vision tonight and realize that every one of us is mortal and we don't know what time that we may be called on to answer you under a judgment and to give an account for what we've done with Jesus Christ. And then the case is closed, the book is closed, it's laying closed, and there's nothing can be done. We've judged ourselves by judging him. Father, oh, search my heart tonight, Lord. Search me, said David, and try me, not only David, but I'll say the same thing. If there be any wicked way in me, Lord, take it away, God. Don't let it linger around me, Lord. I don't want it. I don't want it, Father. Let it go, not only for me, but for all these people who are here tonight who's heard me preaching, Father. I pray that if there be any wickedness, any sin in these people here, that you'll take it all away from them, Lord. Don't let it hang around these, your children. God, keep it away and give them grace to overcome in every trial. Grant it, Lord, may the seed of God out of the basket now take root in the hearts of the people and grow unto everlasting life. These blessings we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Oh, I want to see him. I want to look up on his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. When tears all pass, home at last, ever to rejoice as I travel.
Oh, my. Hey, Gene Gray. 